Welcome everyone to Overcome Podcast episode 43. Today I have here with me uh, my friend Catherine Zeidel. Catherine, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, well, you have to be here because this podcast is about <laughs> overcome and uh, so many years into competing and a uh, lot of surgeries that I know that you've been through. Uh, yes. So you overcame a lot and you continue uh, showing us that it's possible to do it. So of course, you, you gotta be here to talk about the, this amazing story. <laughs> so let's start with, um, I was looking uh, some information about uh, the beginning and it looks like your first show was 1996, right? That's correct. And uh, I, and, uh, and and how did you actually got into this fitness stuff? I mean, why did you want it to compete? I think I take everything to competition. I competed in just about everything all my life. I twirled batons, so I competed baton twirling, and then, and I rode horses, so I competed in anything that had to do with horses, through junior high, high school, college, and then I became a flight attendant. And we had back in those days, which was in 1977, we had. Uh, weight check so we had to be a certain weight for our height and so I was always active never actually working out but and I didn't then because the lifestyle in the 70s and 80s was starving yourself and (laughs) (laughs) and be skinny and because we had to wear hot pants and boots so um, anyway I but I've always been interested in activity and looking good and I started paying attention to nutrition and then I started I always kind of like worked out but I just wanted to change my lifestyle Mm -hmm. so I gave up drinking I paid attention to my diet this was probably in 1990 and I went and joined the gym and started actually weight training, uh, not just circuit training, mm-hmm. and fell in love with it. And my next thing, like everything else I do, is I think <laughs> I do competition. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Yes. And so, um, and I was in my late 40s, and... Uh, all they had was bodybuilding and uh, you know not it, it was not the magnitude that it is now but I cooked my food I took it on my so you actually started competing late 40s uh, yes my first competition I was 41 Wow that's absolute uh, that that part I didn't know so that's that's amazing yeah. so you already started as a master Yes, and that was what everybody was saying. Oh, yay, you get to be a Masters already. I think they just had come out with Masters Division not too long before that, which was only at the time 35 and over for women and 40 and over for men. And I was a Masters right off the bat. And uh, not very many. And like I said, all we had, uh, was bodybuilding. They did have fitness at that point, 
but I'm not a gymnast type person. And so that was not for me. But I actually liked, you know, the bodybuilding. <laughs> so I just, I think this happens for everybody. Uh, you start, for most people, I should say, you start uh, lifting weights and you're the person doing the work. You see progress. Progress is motivation, motivating you to do just go back to the gym and and continue doing what you're doing and work on your looking better feeling better motivates you the progress in your weights motivate you and i think that that what's that also to seek out competition right uh but starting late like that um for you what what was the most difficult part for you to start after 40s? It was getting the right conditioning? It was getting the right level of muscularity? Or what was the hardest part for you? Probably the degree of muscularity because uh, even though I fell in love with bodybuilding, I was, I have long limbs, tall. Uh, I don't have the genetics to put on muscle easily. So I actually was very diligent about reading everything I could about supplementation, which there weren't a whole lot of supplements back then. Um, and I think metrics had just started. I mean, that's how basic everything was. Uh, but I knew nutrition what and and hard training was going to be the only thing that was going to get me even close to being able to think about competing and i knew i couldn't just say okay i want to compete and in six months you know step on stage i started that process and i had a trainer and he was a power lifter and And then his uh, now ex-wife was a national level bodybuilder. And so <clears throat> I kept saying, one of these days, I'll get enough muscle to step on stage. <laughs> I just tried. I lifted heavy. I took my food. Back then, we didn't have refrigerators and microwaves in the hotel and no hotel gyms. And I just made sure that I found that and I ate the way I was supposed to. I, it'd take me 20 minutes to pack my bag for a three-day trip, but two hours to fix my food. Wow, wow. <laughs> and I just was, I just was uh, motivated, just passionate. I just, just became so passionate about the process. But and since you are a, a very competitive person, I, I understand that probably the first competitions you might not have placed the way you wanted what kept you so driven to keep going back and say I'm gonna do better you know this resilience is that something that uh, you always had or it was something that you actually developed more uh, in bodybuilding I I well like I said I I think I had it to some degree I most definitely developed it more in the bodybuilding Uh, like I said, I competed with horses, and back in the 80s, I actually uh, had a stallion I promoted for breeding, and I traveled all over the country and Canada showing my horse, 
and being that you're being judged on you and the horse against other people kind of gave me, I was already used to that format and knowing that you just have to be the best that you can be. I mean, there's, there's going to be that it's, that it's subjective and, and it's that part that judges perception. So I already had that sports minded. Okay. This is for me. I'll do the best I can. But it was discouraging when all the, well, I should say that the first two shows, I, but I was so excited just to be able to do it. It didn't matter. I was, you know, a heavyweight just by my height alone. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the gals that were, I was competing next to. And, and even back then, Masters, I swear, is harder than Open. Oh, wow. Well, because they've been doing it longer. <laughs> right, but you were the hooky one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was always the oldest one in the class. But uh, not that anybody ever guessed that. But, uh, but you know, I was like, oh, my gosh. I think the first show I said, oh, my gosh, to my dad, this is just like horse shows. Because <laughs> <laughs> I win, and I was yet I was excited. He goes, why are you so excited? I said, I just am. It's just like horse shows. It's just fun and, you know, just accomplishing the goal. And Yeah, I, and, I always say that because uh, it's, of course, it's great to win, but when you finish a bodybuilding competition, regardless of the placing, the journey to get there, uh, build a body that you wanted. So you walk out of the stage happy because that's an accomplishment. You already got there and you already right. look the way you want. I mean, the right. placing is like, is a, is a, a more like a complimentary type of uh, feeling, right? But you already feel happy just because you were able to get there. I agree. I, I totally agree. I would tell my clients that it's not about, they'd say, oh, I didn't get any hardware. Well, it's not about, I mean, that's nice, but that's, that's just icing on the cake. Yeah, that's, and that shouldn't be the main motive. Exactly. I was just going to say that. <laughs> that should be the main motive. The main motive is that, and I think it's the journey that we who do this and do this for so long are addicted to yeah. <laughs> is the the lifestyle it creates and then the journey of of just like my friends would say so you can eat this or drink that when when you're not competing i said but you don't understand it's a year-long process it's an all year every year process there's no there's no finish line is a lifestyle no no, I mean that's your your mini goal, and then you once you accomplish that, you're always motivated to move on to the next one, to the next goal and the next goal. And I think we do that in life. I mean, we should. Mm -hmm. And and this actually reflects on your history because I was looking to your competition history, and it's rarely to see you skipping one year. You were competing like every single year, like over and over and over. <laughs> There, there, I think yeah. there is a couple of years uh, that uh, there is a gap and probably was when you had a surgery, right? Exactly. I competed every year from 1996 to 2015. I did not miss one year. Wow. And then I actually pushed kind of past when I got my pro card in 2014. I pushed really, really hard because I found out the year before that I really needed a hip replacement. 
And I said, and, and then I had another x-ray and the surgeon's like, all you need is six weeks out of your life. I said, you don't understand. <laughs> I, this close, I'm, I'm, I was always so close to getting my pro card for years, first in figure and then women's physique. And I said, I can't miss a year. I'm just going to do this one show. And, and he's like, oh, you compete. I don't think I have any patience <laughs> to do that. But I pushed through, and then once I finally got it in the January of 2015, I went ahead and took the year off. And uh, and then actually, I'd been caring for my mother who had dementia and a lot of health issues. And then um, that year, as it turns out, I was spending a lot of time, you know, with her and taking care of her. So it it probably would not have been a good year to compete mm -hmm. but uh so when uh, she passed away um i looked at uh, jeff dwelly is my trainer and i said i don't think i can compete and make my pro debut and he said i only had nine weeks and he said why not <laughs> <laughs> and you and, and I, you won your pro debut i was just looking at the video it's amazing <laughs> Yes, I did. I, that was uh, icing on the cake. And then, yeah, I got ready in nine weeks. And and uh, I had lost some muscle from the year before, but uh, yeah, I guess Yeah, but you were super conditioning, <laughs> super conditioned at that show. Yes, I, I really try to work on that. So it, to, and getting back to your question about the age, the age does play a factor in that, and especially as a woman. And having gone through menopause and all the years I competed going through menopause, and I understand how uh, that's gotten to be a big um, a, a, a big uh, topic these days because there are more men and women who are losing their hormones and their ability to you know put on muscle or get in the condition that they need to and hormone replacement therapy was not out there when I was going through it but I read everything I could uh, I'm a big geek about nutrition and how the body works and how we process things and what supplements herbal natural supplements are out there to help through those processes and but I think and I and I know you know this, that, you know, no matter what, your nutrition is 90%. Yep. Yep. And even if your body is trying to make those changes, uh, which would not be desirable or make it more difficult to get in condition for a show, you still have to, we can't eat the same thing, expect the same results. Mm -hmm as we progress, uh, as we age. So you just have to listen to your body, find what works. And it's, and it's, you, you go with what works. You just try and, and, you know, manipulate and, uh, it, it does get more difficult. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, but not, let's talk about that pro card because, um, by the time that you got the pro card, you probably had what, how many years competing like 15, 20? 15, right? I think. Well, 96 to 2014, 18. 18, 18. 18 years competing. And you were chasing that pro card for many, many years. 
right. when you got temple card to you it was like a, a new beginning or it was more like a celebration of those years or how, uh, can you describe how it was it i think it was a celebration of, of all those years um a friend affectionately called me the Susan Lucci of bodybuilding because because I did it for so long and I would be like one place away, you know, <laughs> for so long. Um, because I was not, I'm not really have the genetics as a bodybuilder. Um, I did I did okay in bodybuilding. My second year competing, I won the Lackland out of eight in the heavyweight. And so I was really uh, ecstatic about that. And then uh, I think it was in 2001, figure started. And your body so, fits perfectly on figure, yeah. Right. So when figure came out, my trainer Jeff Dwelly said, "This is you. This is the perfect division for you." Yeah. And so uh, I competed in figure, started competing at Masters Nationals. My very first Masters Nationals was 2003. I think they only had 300 and something people at that show, in the whole show. Wow. In three, and look at it now. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, which shows the whole masters and how it's and then of course then they started at but I was the first I was a pioneer I was in there 2003 and then 2004 I actually won they only had three height classes and I was in the tall and tall 35 and I actually won that class that year 2004 at 49 and but they didn't give pro cards <laughs> So you actually got your pro after 50, right? After the 50 years old, right? Yeah. Yes, I was 58. Oh, wow. That's that's incredible. That's so amazing. Right. And the 45 and over. In the 45 and over, I got uh, my pro card. Oh, so and it was not on the 50 and over? No. It was uh, 45 and over. <laughs> wow. That's even better. Yeah, it at North Americans, not Masters Nationals. So, uh, yeah, so I came, and then the next year they had pro cards, uh, 2000, well, 2005, they added a 45 and over, so I won that the following year, 2005. 2006, they offered a pro card, but to the overall winner. Do they give pro cards nowadays to the 15 over? Yes, they do, they do now, yes. Mm -hmm. And I think in figure, it's just the first place. In women's physique, it's the top two. Uh, so 2006, I actually won both the 35 and the 45. And I was in the overall for that pro card at, let's see, that was 2006. I was 51 against the 35-year-olds. <laughs> So I didn't get my pro card then, but at least I was in the overall and you know for the pro card yeah, in yeah. 2006. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, for a few years the pro card uh, in figure came close at North Americans Team Universe. But uh, one thing that I noticed is that in, this comes through your mindset of always being uh, grateful just for the fact that you are there. Uh, and right. I know that there is a little disappointment that at the end of the day you are still happy and I think this uh, this positive aspect that you have also helps with your longevity right because if you were someone 
negative you know every time that you lose you'd be disappointed you probably gave up way earlier uh but you always kept this uh this right mindset so positive always smiling this helps yes it's like okay back to the chalkboard <laughs> it's like okay what do i need to work on and even and honestly it's how much can you change your body to your genetic predisposition mm -hmm. so you can work on it so much and you just go okay i just keep trying and a little change here and a little change there or maybe the way you prep or maybe you think you're you know working on your posing and your presentation and all of the stuff that goes with it besides just building muscle and dieting i think that i learned a long time ago which now people get it that it's the whole package you have to work on all of those things it isn't just putting on muscle dieting down and showing up mm -hmm. you know you have a total look and, and you have present it's how you present yourself i think it plays absolutely and jeff always uh, because I, i train with jeff as well in the past right. and he always talk about this is the entire package now for you that uh, is such a, a, a active person taking that year off to do the hip replacement probably took a little toll on, on your mind right how, how did you feel having to really be like out completely without doing anything for six oh, weeks i i wasn't <laughs> i probably should have been um because i really back and i did anterior approach which was very very new then and of course their thought back then is just you know don't do anything and let that bone heal into that so um, I did my little exercises and um, at home that I thought you know I was shown to do and that was it but I still try to lift weights seated for my upper body <laughs> I was like but I can still work my upper body so I did <laughs> but after and, after how many weeks post-surgery um let's see probably Yeah, you're right. I guess it was about five weeks, five or six weeks <clears throat> that I did that. So during those six weeks, were you okay? You you were like, no, this is fine. It's just temporary. No, I, I was okay because I really, the surgeon said it was the worst arthritis he's ever seen. I had to be an injury. I, my horse fell on me going around the barrels when I was 16. Maybe that, maybe I had a slight fracture back then, or, you know, hairline fracture or whatever. But he said, I really honestly had a hard time walking. And so after the surgery, I was pain-free and I could walk and I could put weight on that leg. And so I think I was so ecstatic for that, that it, that that first few weeks just went by so fast. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, and just making sure I was dealing, I just, I think I just was so happy and that, you know, I finally didn't have any pain. But I, I do think I did. I have some dumbbells here. I think I did, you know, still did some upper body stuff. <laughs> I mean, not heavy weight training. You know, um, you know one, once a gym rat, always a gym rat. Yeah, absolutely. You can't keep us out of the gym, right? Right, right, right. And then you took that the entire year off, and then you came back in 2016, and they won the pro card with nine weeks prep. That's it, right? Yes. No, that was my pro debut. I won. I already got. I I made it through my pro card. I could barely walk, <laughs> but I 
I could get out there and quarter turn and do some poses and do my routine. And so I won my pro card pushing past really needing the hip replacement. It was the, then I got the hip replacement and then it was the following year that I got ready in nine weeks and made my pro day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I was going to skip that year just because emotionally, I think more and physically you just, I had been out of the gym and, in and out of the hospital with my mother and you know you're just mentally spent and I said to Jeff I don't think I can do this he goes why not and I was like okay <laughs> and it's funny because you said that and I was just watching the interview from the NPC where you yes. said I wasn't expecting this <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> I kept saying I've lost so much muscle I've lost so much muscle um you know but uh and that's the thing with women's physique um I think it's uh, a little more uh, across the board, people look the same, but still, even in back in 15 and 16, they wanted, uh, they didn't want too, too much muscle. Mm -hmm. So honestly, that ended up being a good thing. So uh, now with, with age, Catherine, and you, you know that uh, I'm, I'm 46 and I already feel this, I mean, mainly because I lost so much uh, uh, fat because of my 100 pounds transformation right. skin is something very difficult right to tighten up right. when you mainly with age right uh, do you have any particular tip uh for a better skin and a more tight skin um i think you hit it i think the first thing would be try not to gain too much weight and if you do gain weight like gain must must gain weight not too fast uh, and not too fast again. Uh, take time to lose so that the skin does have, you know, not stretched too much. Mm -hmm. uh, hydration. I think hydration and our nutrition and paying attention to, I don't think we can gain very much in the off season when we're older or we will have a skin issue right so so, so uh, you you nowadays uh, what is the difference between your weight when you are off season to prep it's like five ten pounds maybe usually usually uh eight eight to ten it's always been about eight to ten uh, actually, I think that's why I won my pro debut because uh, I was asked after prejudging how much I weigh in the off season <laughs> and how much I weigh on stage. And I said 160 and 150 on stage because the gal that was more muscular than me did have a skin issue. So uh, that might have been the one point in either direction that pushed me to my uh, my win and my pro debut. Um, so generally, yes, generally about eight to 10 pounds. And, and that's why also you don't need like a long prep, like 16 weeks. You can get in shape like in nine weeks like you did. Right, right, right. But I prefer a longer prep. Do you? you know? Why? Well, I think that it just creates structure and then you don't feel like you're rushed and it does make it like, okay, when's this going to end? But <laughs> to me, it goes by fast. To me, that nine weeks was super fast. And I was like, 
oh no, am I the stress of oh no, am I going to make? It wasn't even the getting lean. It was the I'm not going to have enough muscle. I'm kind of going through that. I'm prepping for a show now. Um, they have all the way up to 65 in the pro masters, and I'm doing um, figure. I've been off for three years to talk about the skin and time off. I do notice now that I'm 66. That being off for three years, even though the scale didn't me- didn't Change. move that mm-hmm. much, you know, I lost muscle and gained some fat. So um, then I now the getting lean process has happened fairly fast for me. So I see loose skin that I didn't see as much, and it may be because it's that many more years past sixty. You know, lack of hormones. <laughs> so you, you, last time you competed was three years ago? Yes. But th- th- so, this long break, it was on purpose or was just, well, was any... Well, I, I, 10 days out, it was on, not on, well, it was on purpose, but it was not something I would have chose to do. Uh, I had a bicycle, I've always been active and I was riding with a group in 2003 around DFW and someone crashed into my bike and I went down and separated my shoulder and then fast forward 15 years, apparently there was a lot of damage in there. And 10 days out from uh, Masters Pro 2018, my bicep ruptured. And so I went to the surgeon, we did an MRI, and I extra large uh, supraspinatus, infraspinatus, tear, the terrace, the subscapularis they thought was torn. <laughs> they're like how are you lifting weights <laughs> like this um i had had some shoulder discomfort i knew that there was probably a partial tear in there i didn't so after i did the show anyway um i just didn't lift for 10 days i posed but i didn't lift and uh because he couldn't see me until after it was labor day weekend anyway so i had that surgery and uh pretty aggressive rehab it's a sports doctor got me back um back to i really didn't even lose that much muscle mass because i rehabbed like two times a day every day and still lifted on the right side and still trained my legs but a year later i felt a little twinge in the top of my shoulder he thought it was arthritis i said look i've met my deductible let's do another mri he said, I probably wouldn't fix it anyway, but if you want to do that, that's okay. It's probably just a partial tear. And I was torn and retracted three centimeters from my arm bone. Oh, wow. Two of the rotator cuffs. So Surgery, surgery again. Surgery again. And they suggested reverse shoulder replacement because of my age at 64 at the time. So uh, I... But they said, but they looked at me and they said, but you're so active. We have this new surgery where uh, we uh, go in and we uh, graft with cadaver tissue, the rotator cuff. Uh It's called a superior capsule reconstruction. Then they bring it inside the shoulder joint and then the graft, your tissue heals to the graft Uh and then attached so it becomes attached. But they said you're you're it's gonna where it was eight months nine months before you lifted before it's gonna be a year. Oh wow, yeah, so, that drove you crazy probably. 
It did. And, you know, honestly, Yuri, it was a really tough decision because I wasn't in pain. And I and they test me, you know, how they do all their kinesia testing. Mm-hmm. And I'm wrong because my muscles were strong just because the ligaments weren't attached. But my muscles were strong. And that's kind of how they do a reverse shoulder replacement. They replace it because of arthritis. Your ligaments aren't attached anymore, but they train you to use your yeah your subscapularis and and your your muscles to lift your arm. And so, the thought of going through a whole nother year. <laughs> but I also wanted because I wanted to still compete <laughs> at some point. Say, well, I'm gonna do this because I don't because I would have been limited in how much I could lift with. And I ride horses still. Mm-hmm. So I show horses still, and so, so I opted for that surgery, <clears throat> and so I, that if you want to talk about being frustrated, I still trained my legs, but <laughs> after the after about three weeks, but uh, I had to wait twelve weeks to start therapy on my shoulder. Wow, you, that that probably took a toll on you because I. Well, with limited movement too mm-hmm. and I couldn't pick up more than 10 pounds because they want that graft to heal mm-hmm. you know that graft to heal so it's yeah it's been a long and there'll be two years by the time I get to this show that I had that surgery so your next show is still this year or only next year yeah it's this year it's actually four weeks four weeks from yesterday in Reno it's uh, used to be Lou Ferrigno's uh, Legion, Legion mm-hmm. Sport Fest so they have an open man pro show and a master's pro show. And they have age divisions. This this is how popular this is getting. They have age division, age classes in each division, and some of them go all the way up. Well, men's bodybuilding goes up to 80. And figure goes up to 65 for the masters. Uh, women's physique only goes 55. And since since I have lost muscle and I was limited to how much I could train my upper body, I opted to go back to figure because I think women's physique has evolved and become more more muscular. So um, so I'm back to figure. And they have a 65 and over, and I'm 66, so... I'll get to be at the bottom of my age group. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> and because they had that and they're talking about goal setting, I, you know, I guess this last time was a challenge because A, you're older, you get more tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, but if I didn't have that goal, I mean, not that I wouldn't go to the but I needed that goal to try to one more time try to get back what I what I know I can be or even close to it I mean it I could be comfortable just going to the gym and maintaining what I have but I like once you're that kind of person that likes setting those goals and having something to work towards uh I was it, it was a blessing that they had because there was no way I was going to make uh, no way I was going to make masters uh, pro again and this time they moved it if they'd had it maybe with North Americans like they used to but uh, Gary Udit moved it and had it up to July and had it with uh, masters nationals this year 
So, so then I was going to pick a 40 and over figure in Florida, but then I saw they had this show. That's, that's a perfect show for you to come back, right? Because right. after three years, you know, you're going to be like, in a, not in a safe, I would not say safe zone, but you'll be in a more comfortable environment yeah. with people in the similar age bracket and exactly. give you more confidence to come back. So it's a, it's a perfect, really perfect for you. Right. And I, I, I'm trying not to be nervous because I, you know, because obviously I want to be the best that I can be. But, but I also keep reminding myself, like we just started out talking about, that it's just a goal mm -hmm. for me. And it doesn't matter, really. It doesn't matter how I place. Um, I mean, it's, it's gravy when you do. Like, I didn't expect the pro debut win, but. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god how uh, I think I think that even more than actually getting my pro card I think I was I was as ecstatic if not even more I think <laughs> well how many people win their pro debut right, I mean, right actually a lot of people many people when reach certain age they usually get the pro card and retire because their goal yeah. was to get the pro card uh, many people right. do not even do pro uh, pro debut at all right that's true that's true and there is nothing wrong with that by the way there is nothing wrong with that if your goal no. is to uh, become a pro get the pro card and retire and be a personal trainer or whatever that's totally fine i i respect that too right right yeah, so so this is this this is even more of a, a harder I think comeback <laughs> and harder comeback uh, mentally, physically, uh, for for many reasons. A, it's been a really long time uh, to be off. I've never been off this long, um, and then you know trying to train differently, trying to accomplish some of the. Uh, con the the way I want to look through a different way of training than I'm used to. It's it's just it's just different all the way around. But there is one then, there is one advantage if you think about it, right? Because now is the first time that you are fully fixed hips, shoulders. Right. So technically, you have you are pain free. Uh, yes, and I want to reiterate that none of those things were due to bodybuilding. <laughs> it's the first thing everybody says. Okay. Well, my friends, especially that you know, don't live this lifestyle from the that I've known half more than half my life in the airline industry. Was they forget they've had shoulder surgeries too? Because just being a flight attendant, when we used to put bags over the heads overhead all the time, can lead to shoulders. And how many people in their sixties or even fifties need shoulder surgery? But the first thing they would ask me is. Was that because of your weight training <laughs> and my hip? Was that because of your weight training? <laughs> and it was not both. No, none of my injuries were due to weight training. So it's due to being active. I'm just not a couch potato. <laughs> <laughs> and we just and when we aren't couch potatoes, we put ourselves at risk for accidents. So. Uh, I think everybody goes through that, but I think a lot of people's miss. I don't know if it's the excuse they look for to not go to the gym, or they just assume that if you're weight training, you know, maybe that's a a misconception that people yeah, have. Yeah. You lift super heavy and you set yourself up for injuries. Uh, injuries, yeah, they, that's the first thing they think, right? 
Right. Uh, right. How did in, in last year COVID change uh, your your lifestyle? Because at some point, I know we are very grateful to be here in Texas, and we open pretty soon. But there were like three, four months where gyms were closed, everything was closed, uh, lockdowns, and everything. Do you have a gym at home where you were keep, keeping yourself active during that time? Well, I'm very fortunate. I have some dumbbells and incline flat bench here at the house. Uh, I have a little training area <clears throat> upstairs in my loft uh, and one piece of, you know, just a recumbent bike. But um, I was fortunate. My uh, husband's business is he owns properties. And so he, uh, he has... He has a gym at one of his properties that's three floors, <laughs> and he, he outfitted since the 80s when apartments didn't have this and has, like, lots of equipment there. So um, it was closed to the residents. But you were but, there. Well, because we're the owners. Right, 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 right. Having my own gym, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes, I was fortunate. I was able to. Uh, but the funny thing is, is I didn't even use the equipment that much. I could have stayed home. So I think I did start focus because I was just rehabbing. Matter of fact, I had just started rehab when we went, like, the the week before we, sh we went uh, stay at home. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, of course, they did make it essential, but I still had to do my stuff. So I ended up doing stuff I went there and but I ended up doing stuff doing more cardio I, right probably right and things that I could have done at home and uh, but when you're home all the time you want to go somewhere else <laughs> you know so three days a week I went there and then the rest of the time I was at home and I, I think a lot of people did that they just if you had some dumbbells and bands and uh, you know some equipment at home and some people are have you know full gyms at home so that that was a blessing i'm sure for them but uh but you, I, because I, right now you right now that you retire from the southwest you are a full-time personal trainer right so your clients for example did they were you working with them online during that time well i'm semi-retired from that as well i just have a few so i'm not full-time but yes that's that's what uh uh, we did and you know a lot of them they just they were happy just uh, learning more about I, I, it, it made them focus more on learning more about their nutrition mm -hmm. and I think I was a I think I was the psychiatrist part of the personal trainer more than I was the personal trainer part. they just wanted someone to talk <laughs> That, yes, and and you know how am I you know to let them know it, it's okay and just stay on their plan. I think a lot of people actually stayed on their plan better when they were because uh, they weren't so busy. Mm -hmm. They had time to focus on themselves right. and their programs, and the weather was beautiful for the most part. Uh, utilize you know cross training things that you don't normally do because you think that you have to go to work out in the gym to accomplish your uh, your goal and, and and I don't have any competition people at that time it was mostly 
people that just want to mostly women who want to stay in shape, right? Exactly, exactly. So now to wrap up this, Catherine, I want you、uh, because you are a testimony of、uh, resilience, persistency,、uh, and most importantly,、um, you prove. Uh, not that you wanted to prove, because you did this all to you, which is is the best reason ever to do by your, to to your own self. But、um, you prove also that age、um, is not. You shouldn't see age as a way to stop, right? So you can still establish new goals as years goes by and work towards those goals, right? So how how what could you summarize、uh, some of that for? Some listeners that think, "Well, I'm fifty. I'm too old for that." I I think that, unfortunately, most people feel that way、mm -hmm. <laughs> when they get to a certain age. And yes, I do. I've been asked ever since I start this. Wow, that's you didn't start till your forties. You're my and, and you're and you're still doing it. Not just that I started at forty, but that I started at forty. And I'm still doing. <laughs> yeah,、it. that's the most impressive. Are you still doing it? Well, this twenty-five. Unfortunately, I had to skip three years in there in those twenty-five years. But this year makes twenty-five years. So I thought, how appropriate that I'm back to doing a show on my twenty-fifth anniversary of competing. But、um, but yes, I tell them that that we aren't too old. That that you just. I think people feel like they're too old. What I tell them is, it's it's probably their lifestyle that they currently have that leads them to feel that way, and that if they just changed their life to a more healthy, nutritious diet,、uh, and then just start exercise, that they too could possibly go that direction. But that it's not too late,、mm -hmm. and especially in this day and age, I don't. I, Now that they do have、um, offer more masters divisions, yeah, no, and, and, and the, you you touched on a very good point. But I think that because today nowadays we have so many,、uh, we have a, a very well infrastructure with supplementation, good food, things are more accessible, gyms,、right. equipments to be to have a home. So what I see, and and you probably can agree or not with that, is that. People that usually have this this、uh, mindset of I'm too old to do that is more a psychological issue rather than a physical problem. They they、uh, stick with this in their mind, and no matter what they have around them, they just think that way. And and that's one of the biggest、uh, point on your career that. You never had this mindset. As I said, you were always smiling, always very positive. So attitude counts a lot, right? And I think that, and then what I also tell them is find、uh, your support group, people like you that are also wanting to go through this at a similar age, and that that way they're they don't feel like they're. Thrown into a competition or trying to keep up with people who are younger, because we will have some limitations where we're not 
as good as we as we were before and then that that can be a negative mm-hmm. also that can be a negative and i think that that is is happening with social media which is probably a positive thing as far as people finding other people that are doing uh, what they thought they might like to do and they see somebody else there's more and more people out there that are starting later in life just to get in shape I'm not even saying competing mm-hmm. and posting their success and their workout routines and I think that's motivating for a lot of people in their 40s and 50s and 60s to say you know what I, I guess it really is if that person can do it that's what I always got told for years and years boy if you can do this I think I think I can do this too yeah. so I they, they just didn't know they say it's really not too late and I'm like I said oh, no absolutely no it's not so uh, <clears throat> I agree with you that it's I think it's becoming more mainstream that more people like you said with the supplementation and now they have hormone replacement therapy for people uh, who need it so <clears throat> I think that's helping a lot of women well and men right. think think about uh, I, I think I can do that just getting on the hormones just to feel better and have the energy mm-hmm. yep yep that's a big thing is uh, having the energy and, and and if you don't have the energy you're not going to have the drive right exactly it's- exactly so. well it was a great conversation Kathleen it's great to, to know that you are four weeks away you look great uh, and uh, I'm sure there will be another celebration on stage uh, your 25th <laughs> anniversary you know celebrating yeah. the three years off coming back so regardless of the result you are a winner already Oh, thank you. Thank you, Yuri. I appreciate that. So uh, we'll see, but I'm getting excited. <laughs> I'm getting nervous, but I'm getting excited. That, that I, nervous is good. It's good. It builds the momentum. Yes, it does. I, I, you always get nervous. I know I know you know how that is. Even if even if you're the, look in the mirror and you feel like you're the best that you can be, you're still going to be a little bit nervous. Yeah. And, and it's not because nervous for yourself you just want you just want that to be the accomplishment that you were looking yeah, for you just want to have a good time that's all exactly well this is in reno i i guess it'll be a good time yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right my friend thank you very much uh, again for your for taking the time to record this in the middle of your prep good luck and i'm looking forward to see the the pictures and the entire story uh when it's out All right, Yuri. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Everyone, thank you very much for tuning in uh, on Overcome Podcast. And we have much more uh, next episode.